It's time to place your bets. Let's talk to the pros. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Betting Pros podcast brought to you by BetMGM. I am your host, Dan Harris. With me is the other host of this podcast, Joe Pizzapia. We are here to take an early look at the Week 18 NFL lines. That sounds weird as it comes out of my mouth, yet here we are. Joe, how's it going? How was your Week 17? It was pretty good, actually, Danny Boy. Pretty good. Good feeling. I know when last we talked yesterday, I told you it didn't look very good for that uh, one remaining championship I had, but then... Najee Harris ended up coming through in a big way, and all of a sudden the Browns forgot to use Nick Chubb. I don't know what the heck's going on with that, but uh, that worked out for me. The underdog finally won, and after being on the wrong end of Jamar Chase in two other finals, it was nice to be on the right end of it for a change. So that was a good feeling, but yeah, it's weird to think week 18 it was very surreal yesterday when looking at everything, and that's what I love about the football season. There's times where it feels long, but then you look up and it's over in a flash, and it wants, I don't know, it leaves you kind of wanting more, at least for me. So I am sad to see it go, but uh, at the same point, I'm kind of getting excited for the playoffs too, but still a lot of important football to be played in Week 18. This week's going to be tough to uh, navigate here, especially as we do the look-ahead, Joe, because it's very clear just from taking a very quick gander at some of the lines that uh, Vegas clearly expects some teams to be resting their starters, even teams that we don't know. Because, again, the only one I think, Joe, that we absolutely know, you correct me if I'm wrong, is the Packers, right? Like, mm-hmm. we know Rodgers not going to play right now. They've locked right. up the number one seed. He's got the toe. We know it's going to be Jordan Love. Everybody else, you know, you've got McCarthy out there saying, we're going to play to win. I, that Does that mean that Dak Prescott's going to play? Or are you going to play to win no matter what? Because, again, it's against the Eagles. They're locked into a playoff spot as well. So we're going to see. I do thank the Steelers for that was one of my favorite bets of the weekend, by the way. The Steelers mm-hmm. plus three and a half closed that Browns plus one once the Browns were eliminated uh, from it. But yeah, I know. And so then you get the Mike Tomlin rah-rah spot gone. But still, thankfully, they came through in that one. But let's get to this week, Joe. I want to take a look at this. Let's see what we can do. And again, we're in a weird spot where we're taking an early look at the lines. But every line is tough, regardless of how you feel about it right now, because of the COVID situation, mm-hmm. right? Because once a player tests positive, let's say on Wednesday or Thursday, then they're not going to be able to clear. Right. The, it's funny, Joe, the Eagles, he had this slew of positive tests, but I think they all volunteered to take the tests on Monday because if you get a positive test on Monday, you can still clear even by Saturday game, which they have. But let's get into it. Let's start with the Chiefs and the Broncos. That's a Saturday game. That is one game that we know the Chiefs want to play hard because they still have a chance for the number one seed. At least this is the time they play. They'll need some luck here with the Titans losing. But you've got the Chiefs now on the road against the Broncos, laying 10. Total's pretty minuscule, 44 points. I don't think we know, Joe, unless unless I'm missing something, whether or not uh, Bridgewater is going to be able to come back for this one or whether it's going to be Drew Locke under center once again. We should see Jerry Judy back, some of the receivers. So what do you think of this one here? 10 points, 44 total. Well, the 10 sounds about right to me. Uh, in fact, it feels pretty comfortable, in my opinion. So I would lean on the Chiefs side of this game. I just don't think Denver can compete at the end of the day. And I know last week they were down a lot of people, as you were saying, due to COVID. And certainly Drew Locke under center has not been a great thing for this offense. But overall, 
you know, the 44 is a very tricky number because you don't know how much offense you're going to get out of the Denver Broncos in this game. My guess is they'll show up for it. It's at home, last game of the season. I think in-division opponents, when you close out the season against them, there's always that respect factor, right, where you can, you know what, it hasn't been a good season, we're not going to the playoffs, we're going to stick it to you on the way out. So I think they're going to show up, but at the end of the day, I think they're overmatched. So I actually lean towards the 10 here with the Kansas City side, and that 10 feels about right. If it starts to grow, I'd get worried, but I think 10 is about where I'm comfortable with it. Yeah, I like it. I, I think so as well. I mean, they're going to come out. They're going to play as hard as possible. They're going to want to, at the very least, wash the taste of that loss to the Bengals out of mm-hmm. their mouth and put up a big performance. So I do think we'll see it here, regardless of Clyde Edwards-Alaire. I don't really think it matters. And again, they've sort of already dealt with all the COVID issues, right? So Travis Kelsey, Tyree Kill, you know they're going to be out there. So I do feel pretty solid about the 10. How about the Cowboys now against the Eagles, Joe? I don't know what you do with this one because <laughs> I think we have no idea who's going to play on either side. The spread right now is seven for the Cowboys. 42 and a half is the total. Yeah, I mean, I know it's a little tricky thing about the Cowboys side, but the fact that they're seven point favorites in this game, uh, I don't know. This just feels weird to me. It feels like a bad line. I mean, I'm all over the Eagles side of this one with the plus yeah. seven. I, yeah. And it's very puzzling because it shouldn't feel this easy. So it makes me wonder, what am I missing? <laughs> but I, even, even if you think Dallas is the superior team and defensively they clearly are, but if they sit a couple pieces on offense, you're also losing Gallup for this game. Ezekiel Elliott hasn't looked great. I mean, you, you're basically painting a picture in Vegas here of the Dallas Cowboys running away with this game. And that scenario just feels more like a 30% kind of chance to me. It doesn't feel like, right. a, oh, it's a slam dunk. They're favored by a whole touchdown. In fact, I think this is a line that's going to shrink into the sixes by the time we get to game day, I think, as more chatter goes on. So right now, I think this is one of the better earlier bets that you can go after here. And to me, I would go after it. And I think the Philadelphia side is the way I would approach it. The 42 and a half, again, I don't love this number. Um, There's certain times with the over-unders where you just feel really good. And I know this year, it's basically been unders, which has been surprising how often unders have come in because the last few years, it's been over city in the NFL. So defenses have kind of stepped up, but also I think why you're getting that is the young quarterback play in the league. You're getting a lot of youthful quarterback play, a lot of retread veteran quarterback play, a lot of backup quarterback play. And at the end of the day, I think that's contributing to the unders. But if Dak Prescott plays, I think it's more likely to be the over on the 42 and a half. But right now the seven, I think is the best number here, Dan. I mean, I think it might be the fact that the entire Eagles team is on the COVID list. Uh, it's possible it that that's factoring in. It's possible um, because again, both, we know Miles Sanders is going to be out. Both Miles Sand, or, uh, both um, Boston Scott and Jordan Howard are on the COVID list, having, I think, tested positive. Dallas Goddard tested positive. My thought with this one, though, Joe, is absent all those guys being out, and again, you test positive on a Monday, it's pretty easy to come off at this point. That's my thing, too, is right. why you jump on it early before it right. starts to shrink. And really, Joe, like, if Jalen Hurts rests here, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm perfectly fine with Gardner Minshew yeah, being too. able to put up points. And if Dak Prescott rests, and I assume Zeke is going to rest, they should. That probably only benefits them if Zeke rests, to be honest, because I think he's holding them back a little bit with the injury. Then, you know, I think whatever, man, Cooper Rush can make it make it happen over there. So I actually lean both the over because I think both teams will still be able to put up points. And again, if you rest the starters, you'll probably rest defensive starters as well. So I think like the offense isn't going to be completely inept. And I agree. Eagles at home. Getting seven? Yeah, it's a, it's a big number. I lean that way. All right, so the Colts <clears throat> have to win a game against the Jaguars. They probably will win the game against the Jaguars, and they're favored by a mere 15 and a half points at this one. The total, man, this is sometimes where I refresh a page and it moves it. 44. 44 total, mm-hmm. 
15 and a half over under Joe, 28 and a half rushing <laughs> attempts for Jonathan Taylor. I mean, what do you do with a spread this big at this point? Honestly, I think you just take the individual props on this game instead. If you want okay. to bet on this game, that's what you do. As you were mentioning, you know, you take the Jonathan Taylor numbers because he's pushing for, you know, a, a huge watermark yep. there in terms of rushing total. Uh, and I'm sure the offensive line takes great pride in getting him to that number potentially. So I think that's the route we're going. It's more the individual numbers here than it is the 15 and a half. <laughs> Look, once you go over 12, it gets very dicey for me in terms of. Yeah. Uh, that number specifically, 12 and a half. Then you get to the 13s, you're like, oh, okay, well, this has got to be a huge blowout. And and the Colts are a superior team, but anytime you go on the road, it's always a little lesser. If this was in Indianapolis, I think the 15 and a half would be more comfortable for me. But instead, I'm just going to stay away from the 15 and a half and stay away from the 44. And I just would individually look at Jonathan Taylor props for this game and maybe some other ones too, some... Some on the other side as well, you know, some of the unders that you might get on guys like Trevor Lawrence or things like that, because I think that's just a far safer investment. You know, the most likely scenario for this game, right? I mean, the Colts jump out to like a 21 point lead and then they just sort of sit back and then they win by like six points or something like that it's in the game, possible, right? Yeah. That they controlled the whole way and they could have won by 50, but it's the Colts, but they'll wind up winning the game. Yeah, I agree, man. I mean, I've talked about it many times in this podcast. I I rarely go near these spreads. They're just too much at this point. And we saw, you know, last week, yeah, the the Bucks with the big spread, they squeak out, uh, you know, a victory. Funny that the one that covers was the 49ers. That looked like they should never be able to cover that one. Um, but that's where it is. Another team that needs to win here. Most likely, actually, I should know this. I don't know off the top of my head. If the Chiefs lose on Saturday to the Broncos, did the Titans lock up the number one seed? already because i know if they win they're in but i think that's based on the chiefs also winning their i believe so, i believe it is i believe and i think i think we're pretty confident that the chiefs are going to win anyway I but so. assuming that they do then the titans do have something to play for and mm. it's 10 and a half points over a texans team that you know is frisky all right yeah they fight, uh 43 total over here what do you think well, I think the buy is crucial for the Titans because if they can get through this week oh, yeah. and have that extra week of rest there and they know that they've got another week to try to get Derrick Henry back on the field, that's everything to this team. Yep. I mean, get a, getting Derrick Henry back is just a whole different Titans team that you're going to be dealing with in the playoffs potentially. And I think the 10.5, you make a good point. It's It's slightly more risky than you realize because – the Houston Texans have been frisky, as you put it, and Davis Mills hasn't looked like a train wreck down the stretch. And I think they beat them. That... They beat them early in the year, right, Joe? I mean, that <laughs> yeah, that they did. A, well, they had it... a ten point spread in that one as well. <laughs> well, the Titans yeah. also lost to the Jets earlier in the year too, that's so true. I don't know how much that's I want to hold that against that's them. our world beaters. Man. <laughs> but speaking alone. of the Jets, it reminds me a little bit of that Sam Darnold thing that happened in his rookie season, where he wasn't good at the start. And then they kind of took him away from everything for a couple of weeks and then a little bit of a reset. And then at towards the end of that season, he was markedly better. And it kind of feels the same with Davis Mills right now. So the 10 and a half, slightly tenuous. I think the 43 actually is a better number. I actually think the 43 is achievable here because I do mm -hmm. think Houston can, like you said, keep pace, put on some points. And at the very least, I do think Tennessee, it's important for them to make sure that they solidify this football game. So to me, the 10 and a half is something I would stay away from. The too many variables there. But the 43, I think actually the over is very appealing because that's, that's a very low number. And I yeah. understand there's... <laughs> these two offenses are far from world beaters, but it's also the time of year where teams are playing fast and loose. And that's the thing in week 18, you get a lot of defenses that start going home, right? A lot of guys just don't want to tackle anymore. And a lot of guys are like, well, where's my plane reservation? Where am I going? It's week 18. We're not in the playoffs. So you're going to see a lot of that. So this one being so low to me, that kind of pushes me towards the over. Yeah. And I don't think, I think this is the type where we lean over. 
I don't bet it right away because this is not one that I think it will move. It's not based on anything. So I don't think it's going to move significantly. So this is one where I wait to make sure the COVID situation is okay before I bet it because this is not one where we're waiting on news right. or anything like that. So I would wait, but I do lean the over as well. Bears are visiting the Vikings. The Vikings are laying two and a half points. Uh, the total is 44 and a half on this one, Jeff. Yeah, I think the Vikings will show some respect here for themselves at the end. I really do. Um, I mean, you assume they're going to get Kirk Cousins back. We hope, right. we assume yep. that's going to be the point, right? I don't think we've got yep. a word on that yet today, but <clears throat> that would certainly make the most sense by the time we get to this game. And this has been a very difficult year for the Vikings. And I think if they blow this game here at the end to the Bears, then you might see, I mean, look, I think you're going to see Zimmer gone anyway. <clears throat> There's a good chance of that, but I think there's a little bit of respect factor here. The Vikings from a roster standpoint are just far more talented. I think than the bears, the bears defense has played pretty well this year, especially down the stretch. Roquan Smith has been fantastic, yeah. but at the end of the day, it's the confidence level of the bears offense, moving the football on the road in Minnesota. And I think at the end of the day, I like the Minnesota side, the two and a half is pretty comfortable, but the problem is if this should grow at all, I would want to stay away from it. If this goes to three or three and a half for whatever reason on the Viking side, so many of these Viking games have come down to, a point, two points yeah. over time. This has been, been their MO all year, having leads and blowing it. So that's my one concern here is that's kind of been the theme of the Viking season. And I don't want to get trapped at the end, but I do feel more comfortable with the Viking side of this. The 44 and a half, it's more of a stay away from me. That number feels spot on. So I would say yeah. away from that, but I think the Vikings will take away this one at the end here. Um, but Dan, what do you think? Do you think that the Vikings are just going to completely implode here at the end after this past week? No, uh, this does not strike me. If anything, I, you could see the Bears in a game if they fall behind or something like that, not wanting to fight it out in what is likely, you know, Nagy's last game. Mm -hmm. But I don't think the Vikings feel that way. And I do think that this is a, a game where I think you make a good point, Joe, which is you don't want it to get to three mm -hmm. um, because I agree that the two and a half. And so as much as I like to wait on games, I do think this is a game that you might want to bet now because of the fact that Cousins is already on the COVID list. Right. You probably assume he's going to come off. Madison has already been on the COVID list. So, you know, at worst case scenario, he's not going to be out or anything like that. Um, so I think that you're going to be in relatively good shape here from an offensive side of the standpoint. Anyway, even though the Vikings have put a lot of guys on the COVID list again early on in the week as well, they should be able to get them off by the end of the week. This is a game where actually the COVID situation for the Vikings suggests that the majority of impact players are going to be able to suit up in this game. That makes me a little more comfortable betting it early. And you do want to get on this, I think. And at two and a half, I agree with you. I think this is the type of game that the Vikings win maybe easily, um, given that like, okay, they're home. It's the final game of the season. There's no pressure. It's not prime time. Uh, it seems <laughs> like a game that Cousins might thrive. So we're in agreement with this one. And this is one of the ones, Joe, that I do feel comfortable betting a little earlier, I think, yeah. than the others. Packers are visiting the Lions. They are <laughs> laying two and a half points. The total is 44. Again, not sure who we're going to see in this game other than you know we're not going to see Aaron Rodgers. So it is going to be Jordan Love. I don't know whether or not you throw Love out there. Like, be like, all right, bud, good luck. Let's see what you can do without Devontae Adams and without, like, your running backs or anything like that. So not sure how you analyze this one, Joe, but what do you think two and a half here? Yeah, these are the games that to me are typically the stay away, right? You know mm -hmm. that they're resting starters. You know this game doesn't matter to them. They don't care. But I will say it matters to the Lions. Like the Lions are the team all year long that just have a lot of fight in them. And having seen Jordan Love, it's not the same feeling I have that if I'm seeing Gardner Minshew play for the Eagles. Like if I Gardner Minshew play, I'm perfectly confident that they can just win that game outright even if they decide that they want to just go for it. With the Lions... 
I think that there's a shot here because Jordan Love was below average when we yep. saw him this year. I mean, he had a cake matchup <clears throat> at the time, right? Uh, that he was able, he wasn't able to take care of the ball. He wasn't able to take care of any business whatsoever. He looked out of his depth. And I think that to me is very intriguing. And rather than even take the two and a half, I would just bet the lions outright to win. Because I think if you want to try to make money on this game, the plus 120 on the money line is much better than the minus 105 on the two and a half. Like if you just think they're going to win <clears throat> or even come close to it, just go right there and just go right for it. Because it doesn't make much sense from a wagering standpoint, investment standpoint, to take a minus number when you could take a plus number. So take the plus number, let it ride, and play against Jordan Love. Because if this game were in Green Bay, eh, maybe I would have a little different feel for it. But I don't think so. I think in Detroit, Detroit cares. Detroit is in, and the theme of this team has always been compete, and I don't think they're going to pack it in at the end of the season. It's not the Dan Campbell style of football that I think that he is put out there, and I give him a lot of credit for doing it because they don't have a lot of talent on the roster, but they have been a competitive football team most of the year despite the terrible record. So I actually think the Lions to win outright, if you want to bet this game, is the way to go. Otherwise, just stay away from it, Dan. Yeah, I agree. Uh, you know, I, I probably will take the stay away from its side just because I don't want to force myself to be rooting <laughs> for either one of these. Right. But I do think you're right. I mean, the Lions can obviously, given the fact that the Packers are just going to kind of take their foot off the gas, make sure everybody gets out of there healthy. I think there's a, a decent chance of the Lions, who you know are going to play hard, as you said, basically from the start to the finish, can win this game. So, yeah, I like it, Joe. Uh, <laughs> the Ravens and the Steelers. The Steelers are the Ravens. <laughs> Three and a half right now. The Ravens yeah. are laying three and a half points. The total is 42. So both teams are mathematically alive for a playoff spot. Basically, for lack of a, just for simplification purposes, they need the Colts to lose to the Jaguars. That's what has to happen. Right. And then I think you have a decent chance at the winner of this game going to the playoffs if that happens. And again, the Colts are 15 and a half point favorites. Nevertheless, they both still have something to play for. They'd probably play hard regardless. Three and a half points right now. Now, there are some four and a half, Joe. BetMGM, our sponsors, at four and a half. Uh, but FanDuel, obviously, DraftKings and the consensus line. Three and a half points, Baltimore laying it. Again, I'm not sure about you, Joe. I don't expect to see Lamar Jackson in this game, mm -hmm. just given how much he was limping. No. In, right? So, I assume it's going to be Tyler Huntley again. What do you think? I run away from this game. Uh, in division game, I don't have anything to do with it. Ben Roethlisberger's last game is a stealer. And he has a very emotional thing. I worry about the letdown after that, after last night, because that's a very emotional thing. You go through that and, oh, wait, you've got one more game next week. And now you got to get on the road and get up for it again. That's always difficult. Taking Lamar Jackson out of this game is difficult. Huntley has played relatively well, considering the situation he's been in. But my lack of faith in these two teams is just stunning at this point. So... I just don't want anything to do with this game. And, and it's going to be an entertaining football game because I think these two teams will play it out because that's where these coaches come from. They come from that world of, hey, you know what? <clears throat> you go play, you take care of your business, and then if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. But you know, like from veteran coaches like Tomlin and Harbaugh, two of the best in the business, that these guys are going to show up. They're going to play. It's an individual matchup. They hate each right. other anyway. Yeah. So to me, that that makes four outcome games, right? Which I always talk about. It's the worst thing. Could this be a blowout on either side? Yep. Okay, that's two. Could this be a really close game, potentially, and low scoring? Yeah, could. Could it be a very close game and high scoring, considering the way these defenses have played at times this year? Yeah, yeah, it could. And you know what? That's four outcomes. That's three too many for me. So I am out when it comes to this game.
I will probably talk myself by the time, Joe, we do the <laughs> Best Bets podcast into taking the Steelers uh, for a couple of reasons. Number one, Steelers, road underdog by more than a field goal late in the season. It's like your absolute run to back Mike Tomlin's spot here with it. Um, these two teams historically play within like a three-point game, no matter how mismatched they seem to be. Mm -hmm. They somehow always play it close. But I don't really want to bet it. But I, I just this is the type of game I could be like, you know, it's I'm more in a field and goal. Dan, Joe. I, I mean, yeah. but forget the field goals and stuff too. Yeah. But just think about all these times that Harbaugh too has gone for these missed two point conversions and yeah. these weird things have happened, and that just crushes the lines in these games because yeah. they are such tight, evenly matched teams to begin with. If anything, the forty two and the over because of, it's week eighteen. Yeah, that's the one where I think you can make the strongest case for if you want to get involved in this game. That's kind of the safety net for me. But I'd rather just be out because I could easily see this be 2017 slugfest again anyway. And God knows yeah. that's basically what it was last time. Yeah, it's an ugly game to watch. But I, what I really want, Joe, is I want like the Jaguars to have a lead on the Colts <laughs> in the third quarter and to watch those two teams sort of dealing with that. Be like, we're alive. Whoever can win uh, a game only a mother could love, Joe, is Washington <laughs> visiting the Giants laying six and a half mm -hmm. points. The total is 38 and a half. We know that Mike Lennon is now out for the season, so it's going to be Jake Fromm. I'm not really sure that matters. Uh, the Giants are a mess. Washington is a mess. Everybody's a mess. Do you just run away from this game? No, I don't, because I think the Giants are more of a mess than anyone. Yeah. I think the, I mean, the Giants are a far greater embarrassment to me as a football team than the Jets are. Like the, yeah. If you're talking about New York teams, sure. the Jets look like a team that you see, okay, there's some things going in the right direction here. I don't think anything's going in the right direction for the Giants. Saquon Barkley's not going in the right direction. The quarterback position's not. The defense isn't. The coach. I don't see how this isn't. A, I don't care what anybody says. I don't see how this is not a clean sweep of this front office and this coaching staff. And it's a complete rebuild and pull down. And as much as the Washington football team has had issues, they have also a team that makes mistakes and it hurts them because they can't come back from it. They don't have the kind of offense to come back from mistakes. You know, they're, they're in a lot of games, they're competitive, but unlike the lions who don't have the personnel, they have personnel. They just make mistakes. I mean, Patterson right. looked pretty good last week too at times. So I think that they should win this football game. Six and a half is a big number, but considering there's a good chance you're going to get a score on defense. See, that's the thing I always look at too. I always feel like if you get a defensive score in a game that you don't love, yeah. That is definitely the one where it makes you feel much better. And I think there's a good chance either, a you know, a pick six or, you know, a fumble recovery or something like that where Fromm gets hit or Fromm turns the ball over and it either sure. gives a really good field position or a defensive touchdown. That to me, all of a sudden is the six and a half becomes a more comfortable number. So I actually feel better about Washington than I than you would have thought anyone should. But, you know, once again, I understand people's hesitancy to invest in them. It makes sense. Uh, there's a 0% chance I will invest in either one of these teams <laughs> at that number. I could see teasing Washington down to half a point, like making them part of a two-team teaser, saying, all right, I trust you're going to win the game. Somehow. Might be disgusting, but I trust you're going to win the game. But I do think that Vegas knows that. Like, this is a prime sort of like, okay, let's see what you can do here. I don't know, man. I think Washington is obviously... It's not the worst football team in the world. And they went on this big run, obviously, for a while. They started off terrible. Then they went on a run. Now they're falling apart a little bit. But, man, the Giants, as you said, Joe, right now are, might be the most dysfunctional organization um, in the NFL now that the Jaguars have fired Urban Meyer. So, yeah, uh, one of the few times I'm, I'm happy to be a Jets fan of the, of the two options. Bengals are visiting the Browns. 
the Browns right now are one point favorite with a total mm. of 43. So I think what that says to you is Vegas is expecting the Bengals to rest all their starters because I don't think that line see- literally as we're sitting here, I'm looking at it went on FanDuel from one to two and a half just now. Oh, really? As we're, it's like it's like you speak to the gods of wagering. And it literally changed in front of my face. I've never seen that before in all these years of doing it where it actually literally just changed because it was kind of cool. It just went and it just changed. (laughs) I I mean, I did see some one and a half. So I wonder, I mean, you, I think we can, here's what I think we probably know about this game. Number one, I think we can be pretty confident that Baker is not going to play in this game. The way he's talking about the fact that like it's time for the surgery and we'll see Mm -hmm. about this and blah, 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 blah. So my guess is he's going to have surgery. I don't really know if that's a downgrade when you've got Case Keenum. Also, Joe, we mentioned Nick Chubb. It did sound like he was a little banged up in that game with his ribs. He did come back in and play, but Stavansky finally came out, even though in the broadcast they were like, nothing's wrong. He's totally fine. Did sound like got banged up. Wouldn't be that surprised to see him sit in this game mm-hmm. either. But again, if you're the Bengals, given the fact that Burrow on the very end of that game got, you know, his knee was all yeah. like, what, what impetus do you have to play him like rest everybody mvp easy, right that's the only impetus you have did do, yeah but do he's you not think gonna that, win the mvp joe do you, you know so? i don't i don't think he's going to but it's funny dan i think he's actually made a really strong case at the end yeah because it's real. i mean the packers have this culture of winning you know brett Favre passed the torch on to aaron Rodgers, and they've been a very high quality organization for a long time the Cincinnati Bengals haven't won a playoff game in 20 years. I mean, yeah. it, 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 this is a whole other situation we're dealing with. And it's funny to me because the other question, I actually wanted to pose this to you and I was going to yeah. hold it. But now, since we're in it, we might as well ask this question. Did the Antonio Brown incident help or hurt Tom Brady's MVP candidacy? I'm curious what your thoughts are about that. Oh, interesting. Uh, well, I mean, I think the fact that he won that game and that he threw it to Cyril Grayson, um, mm-hmm. you know, might be fine. I It's a narrative award, Joe, as we have mm-hmm. talked about, which is something that you you take into account, as we, you and I have talked about before with Rodgers, about the media narrative with it. Uh, and, you know, Brady, the reaction, Joe, to Brady's sort of, we should all have empathy. We don't know what he's going through, stuff like that. It's actually, I, I don't know about you, Joe, it's been mixed. From what I've seen, there are a lot of people lauding him. There are a lot of people saying you shouldn't defend Antonio Brown under any circumstances. Right, he's the guy that brought him in the first place. Correct. He's the guy who people are are saying maybe he's an enabler and stuff like that. But Mm -hmm. I've seen it cut both ways, Joe. (laughs) Like, I've seen it say, oh, this is a good guy. I really don't know. But I do think, Joe, if you give it based on a performance, and this is something you and I have talked about uh, on another podcast, it's really tough, I think, to give it to a quarterback who's not Aaron Rodgers based on what he did this year, even though he won it last year. And even though mm-hmm. he's not going to play in, you know, week 18, most likely. But do you and feel so like you the go- media is looking for an out? Like they're, if they're so, a little fatigued of Rogers. They're fatigued of Brady. Sure. Joe Burrow is like, Hey, do we want to make a new star? Because Joe Burrow's changed the culture. Joe Burrow came, you know, it's funny. Dak Prescott was that lock for comeback player of the year. Right. Yeah. All of a sudden that, went from minus 600 on Dak Prescott to minus 200. And now it's plus 150 for Joe Burrow. And all of a sudden you start wondering this groundswell of this change of culture with the Bengals. Is there a time here now, all of a sudden where there's a choice here, the media has to make where do we keep giving hardware to these guys? Or do we say, let's look ahead a little bit and think about this guy took the Bengals coming off yeah. knee surgery, yep. a team that nobody gave him a shot and they won the division 
I think there's a pretty good narrative starting to build there. And I wonder that's a, in a coming full circle. That's the question is, do you pl- put them out there, pad the stats with this injury and say, no, I'm going out there and I'm playing because, you know, it's important for us to finish the season strong and that's the Browns and we want to beat them. I don't know, even if he plays two quarters of football, if that's enough maybe to build that narrative because it's an interesting one to listen to. I think it's a fair point. I think there are two things. I think one, I think that the need, especially given the fact that he got banged up in that game against right. the Chiefs, I think the that outweighs because the AFC is open, Joe, right? Like the Titans oh, are, wide are open. probably going to be the number one seed and nobody thinks the Titans are a world beater or anything like that. I don't so think I anybody think thinks they're the best of the teams that are in there. But by and the far. Bengals just beat the Chiefs. So I think they probably go in there and saying there's no reason we can't win a Super Bowl. And I think that outweighs everything else. The second thing is, Joe, I think if you do want to pivot, you have other alternatives in the MVP discussion to Jonathan Taylor, to mm-hmm. Cooper Cup. And I think with the Bengals, they're going to win, you know, offensive rookie of the year with Chase. They're probably going to win coach of the year in Zach Taylor. Right. I mean, that that's sort of what we're looking at at this point. They don't need the Burrow MVP. Burrow's got time, I think. To See, win I don't think Taylor's going to win that award. <clears throat> I really I don't. think so. Who else? I again, I still got, think. I still yeah. think Belichick deserves it because it could when be you Belichick. take a rookie, when you took a rookie quarterback, and you win eleven games, which is what I think they're going to win, that's stunning. Uh, a year after losing Tom Brady, and and that's coaching, and what they've done with this defense, and having all those players that were on COVID, or you know, last year, and kind of retooling this this team and rebuilding it with a bunch of no name players for the most part, and a really good defense and rookie quarterback. I mean, if you, if you give Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase, I mean, they have the best wide receiver core possibly in the league. Yeah. You know, Cincinnati's got a lot of talent on the offensive side of the football and one of the best young quarterbacks. And I'm not knocking Mac Jones, but he ain't Joe Burrow. And Mac Jones is a nice young quarterback, but I don't know, man. Like, I still think Vrabel, I still think Belichick, I still would put all of those guys ahead because what the job that Vrabel's done this year sure. with losing Derrick Henry, losing yep. Julio Jones, losing to the Jets, losing all these things. And it's still being the number one seed. I think he has a stronger Kansas seed than even Taylor. So I, again, it's a media award. And I will say mm. this, if the uh, Patriots somehow uh, win the division, which I don't think they will, because it requires them to win and the Bills to lose, then I think <laughs> that Belichick will win it. But I mean, we're talking about the Bengals, Joe. How many people took the Bengals to win this division? Oh, we talked about the, the, the Steelers. You talked about the Ravens. You talked about the Browns. For them to come out there and win, I again, I think when you look at whatever their over-under was coming into the year and for them to win this division, who knows, though? Who knows? Regardless. Who knows? Who knows? But it, it's, I mean, all of this came from the fact that we were talking about whether or not Burrow will play in this game. And I think, bottom line is this, I don't think the, ooh, we might win him the MVP will outweigh the, holy crap, we can win the entire no, you're, AFC you're probably right, now, right, right but that's the that's only right. thing. If he's like, no, then he's fine. It just got banged up in that yeah. thing. And if it's not a big deal... I mean, Joe Burrow's that kind of dude. I think we learned that about him in college, too. He's that swagger kind of dude. And some of those guys, you know, they just want to play sometimes. And if I'm a if it's, I'm it's if I'm a coach, Joe, if I'm the coach of the Bengals and I put Joe Burrow out there and Joe Burrow gets injured and misses the playoff game in a in a game that's meaningless, right. man, right. that's a tough that's a tough you are gonna get it's a tough build to I think there's a better chance Burrow right. plays than Baker Mayfield has that though. I, I do that think bet. that's true. I think that's true. Mm-hmm. Well, I wonder maybe, maybe we, again, if the line just moves for you at Vandal, you know, my two and a half, maybe who knows, maybe they're saying something. All right, let's get to the game that really everybody wants to watch. Jets at the bills, <laughs> yeah. 17 points, Joe, 17 points here uh, for the spread. I'm not sure if that's enough 
43 and a half. Yeah, I love it. I love when you got the, you know, the total is 24 and the Bills are 17 points. Right? Like, uh, that's basically where we are. What do you think here? The Bills obviously need to win to win the division. So they're not going to be uh, not going to be playing lightly. Maybe the Jets get Elijah Moore back here. Uh, what do you think? I take the Jets 16 and a half without hesitation. I, oh, there's yeah, something you got about 16 the Bills. and a half at, at FanDuel. Right? 16 and a half is an enormous number. And the Bills have not. Re- I don't know. Dan, do you get the feeling that you have a confidence level in the Bills when you watch them play? Because I don't. I don't. Yeah. I think they're a really good football team, and I think they're a football team that started to believe the press clippings a little bit. They had yeah. a key injury on defense. They haven't quite been the same since. They let Atlanta hang around that game far too long last week. They've lost to the Jaguars. Like, they have this thing about them where it just feels like if you told me that we looked up and the Jets beat the Bills and the Patriots won that division, it would not shock me at all. Like, I would say, yeah, it would be surprising but I wouldn't walk around and say, well, that's impossible because of everything I've seen from the Bills and how dominant they've been. They're not a dominant team. They're a very yeah. talented team, and it's not the same thing. A dominant team and a talented team, very different. You love the teams that go out there and dominate like the Chiefs did a couple years ago where they're just crushing everybody, right? Yep. That's a dominant team. This Bills team this year feels like it's very human. And at times it gets it looks like it gets frustrated with itself. Like even I remember watching a, a sequence in that game against Atlanta where you know, Josh Allen at the goal line, a couple times they were struggling to get the ball and you could see the frustrations. Yeah. And it just, it seems like it's bubbling over for them. And I think they're tense. I feel like, and that's always the worst thing. The Bengals are playing fast and loose, right? The jets don't care. Like certain teams are like, whatever, we don't care if it's all house money here. Sure. It's not house money for the bills. And I think that pressure has taken its toll on them this season. So I'm not saying the jets are going to win, it's mm-hmm. plus eight ten. <laughs> if you want to have fun and do that, go for it. No. But I do not. I do not feel great about the sixteen and a half. Like I don't think it's going to be some blowout game where the Jets just don't show up at all. I think they do. It's probably a stay away for me. But I think you're right. Uh, I think that at any given point, Joe, you could see the Bills probably beat anybody in football if everything goes correctly in a single game. But I agree with you that there just seems to be something missing a little bit right now with where they are. And maybe it's a regression from Josh Allen as he hasn't looked nearly as good. But the fact that they did not absolutely just completely decimate from the word go the Atlanta Falcons in a game at home where, I mean, Matt Ryan outdoors, like they should have won that in a walk. It should have been over from the word go. And, it and the Jets hung with the Tampa Bay Bucks last week, and which Jets I think is a are... huge confidence builder for them yeah. right now. It's like, and hey, they... we can compete. And they should, they would have won that game had not Zach Wilson decided he's going to do a QB sneak from like three yards away on fourth down. They would have won that game. But I agree. And Wilson is playing better. They mm-hmm. may get back Elijah Moore here. So it's definitely conceivable that they will hang with the Bills enough to at least cover that spread. But it's still something where if the Bills win by 24, I would not be shocked in any way, shape, or form. So it's probably a stay away for me. But I agree with you, Joe. If I had to go one way right now, it's 17 for me. It's 16 and a half and a lot of books. Uh, I'd lean with the Jets at either of those numbers. How about the Seahawks visiting the Cardinals now at six and a half? Cardinals do not play well at home, but again, six and a half, 48 total. Seahawks bounce back a little bit, you know, in a, in a soft matchup last week. Uh, so did the Cardinals against the Cowboys. Mm-hmm. But again, this is at home right now. What do you think? This is another team of the Arizona Cardinals don't make me feel warm and fuzzy. I mean, they just don't. I know they won last week, but Dallas should have won that football game numerous times. Like <laughs> that's the thing you look back on and you go, you know, Dallas really missed an opportunity here to put kind of the nail in the coffin for the Cardinals. So 
I don't have faith in either of these teams. This game is another stay away from me. And it's weird because the line is so confident on the Cardinals side. But this is yeah. the classic in-division, you know, we're going to stick it to you on the way out that I was talking about earlier. If there's a team and a coach and a quarterback that's in position to do that, it's the Seahawks. So if anything, the six and a half on the Seahawks side, Cardinals probably eke out a victory here. But six and a half feels like a big number to me. And and the Cardinals offensively are not prolific. Okay, they, they are not you know, putting up 35 points a game looking just unbelievable. Like th- that's not who they are right now. So um, I just have a hard time believing that they're just going to win this in a cakewalk and the line's telling you that. So I like the Seattle side on the six and a half personally. I probably would if I were forced to go one way back to the Seahawks, just because again, you're right. The Cardinals do not seem, you know, whether it's Hopkins or whatever is going on, they just don't seem as strong offensively. Uh, as they were obviously earlier in the season. Seahawks certainly looked a little better. I'm sure they want to win this last one. And again, a second divisional game, Joe, they're all, they're just always tough. They're always a little tighter than you expect them to be in this one. So I'm with you. I lean the Seahawks, probably not one I want to bet uh, regardless, but I, if I had to, if it was your money, Joe, I would probably take it with the Seahawks. Saints are visiting the Falcons. Saints are laying four and a half points here, and the total is 40, 40 points. Remember, the Falcons had the, you know, Big game against the uh, the Saints earlier in the season when they expected to get mm-hmm. rocked and they they played pretty well. So what do you think here? This is another game too is not appealing to me, right? I just these are two teams just kind of slogging at the end. Um, I, if anything, the forty and a half just feels like on FanDuel just a low number as you're saying forty. So if anything, I think the over in this game because from a defensive standpoint, I could see this is a good opportunity here where they're just kind of not phoning it in, but look, the effort level I think towards the end of this game is going to be suspect on the defensive side of the football. So I think the 40 and a half is too low of a number. So that's the thing that jumps out to me in terms of winning this game. All bets are off here with these two because <laughs> I have no confidence in either of these yeah. teams and I have no confidence in these offenses at this point. So 40 and a half to me is an over um, because it's week 18 more than anything else. So that's the way I would yeah. go, but I would stay away from any side of this game. Total stay away on both sides for me, Joe. Like, Mm -hmm. I mean, the Saints offense does not look good. No idea what we're going to see from the Falcons. Just a game that I will uh, sit back, see what happens. Uh, I think the over-under for the uh, Falcons win total was 7.5, so I'm sure this game is going to matter to a lot of uh, preseason betters at this one. But not for me. I'm sticking it out. Bucks at home, lane 8 to the Panthers, 42.5. The Bucks are going to play their starters uh, reportedly to the extent they have any starters Left, no idea who's <laughs> going to be running the ball for them. Uh, no idea who's going to be catching the ball for them. So they've got a lot of issues. And you do feel like maybe, Joe, they want to wipe, even though they won that game, all mm-hmm. the drama, they want to wipe that taste out of their mouth yeah, and see what they could do. So if they keep their foot on the gas, the eight points here seems a little light to me. But eight points, 42 and a half. What do you think? Yeah, well, I, I think Tom Brady's smelling that 5,000 yard number, too, which is stunning i mean i know it's 18 weeks but still he's practically there already uh and i don't think anybody's talking about that enough um but yeah i kind of agree with you i think the the bucks want to go out there make a statement i think even from the defensive standpoint you know that panthers offense is so bad but i think the bucks defense has gotten healthier here these last few weeks they finally got some of the corners back that they've been missing all year um so i do think you are going to see this team kind of come together bruce aarons is is a just a wonderful football coach he's a wonderful dude and I feel like they're going to all rally together and the leadership they have between him and Tom Brady. Um, that's a lot of leadership in a locker room. And I do agree with you. I think it's important for them to kind of get on track in this game and kind of put a whooping, 
if for lack of a better word, on the Carolina Panthers. So even though it's eight and it's a big number, I actually feel confident here in the Buck side of things. And Tom Brady knows how to make all these guys shine. doesn't matter who it is. Uh, so 41 and a half, I would stay away from because I don't know if the Panthers are going to give you enough offense to compete in this game. That's my question. Uh, but the Bucks, I think, you know, are just going to overmatch the Panthers. And the Panthers, although defensively have made great improvements in the second half of last year and even this year as well, they're still a young group. And I think Tom Brady's got a lot of tricks still up his sleeve. So I'm going to go with the Bucks on this one. I'm with you. I really think that, uh, you know, they're going to, I feel like it's a little different when you get to spend the entire week saying, all right, so Cyril Grayson, you're the guy who I got to rely on. Tyler Johnson, you're the guy. And they mm-hmm. get to work out the kinks because they know they have to do this in the playoffs now, Joe. I think you see a big performance. And again, regardless, I think the defense sort of steps up here uh, against the Panthers offense that just, Horrific. Uh, it's basically, terrible. it's terrible. That, that's another guy, too. Matt Rule's another guy, too, that I think I, – I can't remember a, a season starting where the perception of a coach and a yes. coaching staff has changed so much over a season yeah. where it was like, this is one of the bright young spots. This is an organization going in the right way to now it's the polar opposite that I feel like he might be out at the end of the year. There's a good chance he is, especially with all those college jobs opening, too. I think he might want out. It's a great point. Uh, and again, the Panthers look like a team that were – that was dangerous earlier in the year. Yeah. And they went all in, right? Because they traded for Gilmore. Mm-hmm. They were going for it. Um, and then, man, you see, and I can tell you from experience, uh, you know, when you don't have a quarterback, not much else matters uh, in mm-hmm. the in the team. And that's kind of been my, my football uh, life for my entire life. But, yeah, uh, yeah, good point, Joe. Yeah, and again, I, I don't know whether or not this team has fight in them at this point, given the last given season. Game that will be fun to watch that I will be watching is the 49ers visiting the Rams. The Rams are laying five points and the total is 44 and a half. Now, I believe that it's just seeding for the Rams at this point, right? They've got the mm-hmm. division locked up. Um, so I don't really know whether or not they're going to necessarily play as hard as they can, but who knows? It's five points uh, at the consensus and the total is 44 and a half. You know, with this one, Dan, this is another team too. We're talking about talent and dominating. All the talent of the Rams, they should dominate football games, and they don't. Yeah. I think this is one of the more appealing games on the slate to make money uh, and just taking the 49ers to win outright because yeah. if you think the 49ers are going to win, then you take the plus five. It's minus 112 right now on the plus five. Like, that's yeah. the thing you got to think. It's not It's not just, well, you know, I'm going to be comfortable with it. It's minus 112. Yeah. You're getting plus 190 on the other side. You're almost getting two to one odds there on – the 49ers is winning outright. So if you believe they can win this football game, don't even bother with the five, just go and bet it outright on the money line. To me, that's the most interesting of all these. And the 49ers are a team not without troubles, but at the same time, I mean, whether it's Garoppolo, whether it's Lance, I think we have to ask ourselves, are the Rams a team that is any point in time in recent memory asserted their dominance? And they haven't. And that's, they're kind of like the NFC version of the bills for me, where they have all this talent. They should absolutely be blowing teams out of the water but they don't they let teams stick around they let inferior teams stick around and i don't think the 49ers are an inferior team so i actually think this one's a little dangerous and they're also a team that doesn't you know it's not like you're going into this building and it's so scary right i think you're getting a lot of 49er fans in attendance to be honest with you in this game i think that's another thing that, that enters into it it's not this huge home field advantage for the rams it's a beautiful stadium but it's not a home field advantage so yeah. i think the 49ers outright the way i would go with this one dan how about you yeah, I think so. By the way, I'm sorry. I misspoke uh, completely. The, the Rams actually, they either need to win or uh, they need a Cardinals loss to clinch uh, the West. So mm-hmm. it is something where they do have something specifically to play for. I apologize. I don't know where my head was it's at. It's very, look, there's a lot of moving parts here. Everyone yeah. gets a pass, but not you. 
Not me. I should not. And what's weird is like I did understand that. So both, uh, you know, the Cardinals, obviously, uh, they can win and the Rams. And this is a tough one because, again, the 49ers and the Rams, they play each other tough. We know mm-hmm. that coming in. We've seen it before. Yeah, I think the 49ers uh, are a team that, man, I think, you know, they need to win, too. What to, if the, uh, when have the Rams looked like world beaters to you? You know, they haven't, Joe, but they're also 12 and four. Like, I understand. Like, they've gotten a lot of heat just because it looked like from the at the beginning of the season, they look like they might be an absolutely dominant team. I think but, they're the most talented team in football. And I yeah. came out and said that in September. And they haven't played like it because yeah. they, for whatever reason, they, just like the Buffalo Bills, they let teams hang around. They don't kind of come out. I mean, even last week, right? That game should have been... You watch Joe Burrow put 500 yards up against that secondary, right? Matthew right. Stafford should have had 400 yards passing, and it should have been an absolute blow, and it wasn't. It wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> and that's yeah. that's my concern here with this one. And it's not like going home. It's not like they're going to Green Bay. It's not like they're going into a place like New England has. There's no home field advantage with the weather, with the crowd, with everything like that. It's not that kind of environment for them. And I think that's like, maybe... Maybe that's part of it, too. Maybe that's why some of these games are as close as they are is because they don't have that. And if you look at some of the teams that have played really well this year, they have that. The Patriots have that. Yeah. The Packers have that. I mean, even to a certain extent, I feel like Tennessee's a, a, a pretty good home field advantage. Like that, that crowd shows up for those games and they get very hyped up. Rams don't have that. That L.A. crowd is just not there for them in that same way. And maybe it will over time, but it ain't there yet. Yeah, it's going to be interesting in this one, Joe. I Look, basically, I think these two teams are... And again, I assume we're going to see Trey Lance in this game. I think these two teams are more evenly matched than I think the general public would give credit to. And so when you're getting the five, it does strike me as the 49ers are the right side here. But it's going to be fascinating to watch both these games because the Cardinals could lose outright to the Seahawks for sure. For sure. Uh, Listen, man, there's a lot. of. I think the one thing 2021's taught us, Dan, is that we're going to get three games this week if not four that we look yeah. at. And I think one of them might be the jets. <laughs> I'm telling you yeah, where you look at them and go, Holy crap. Look at 2021 still hanging around in 2022. Yeah. I feel like that's exactly what it's going to be. <laughs> All right. Patriots are uh, taking on the dolphins. The spread is seven mm-hmm. and the total is 40. So the Pats, obviously they're in the playoffs. They win the division with a bills loss to the jets and a win against the dolphins. I'm sure they'll play hard since they're all playing at the same time. But laying seven, it's six and a half at some spots, Joe. It's seven for mm-hmm. both of us, and it's seven at consensus. What do you think? I think the Bill Belichick remembers a great deal a couple of years ago where the Dolphins came up to New England and beat them in that last game of the season, and it cost them that number one seed, which I think really kind of hurt them. So I think at the end of the day, you look at this and you say, okay, you know, this is a chance for you to kind of get your revenge a little bit. I think Miami, you know, hit a bit of a wall after a great run. Miami defense played great. They did not play great last week. And I think at the end of the day, I think the momentum is all on the Patriots side right now. And I think that's really what they're burning on. You know, the Pats had a really good momentum and then they ran into the Colts and the Bills two weeks in a row. And it's tough matchups there. And I don't think they were really prepared for the Colts. They they were used to kind of being the bigger brother to the Colts and beating them up. The Colts were ready. The Colts were ready for them. And they weren't ready for the Colts. And then in Buffalo, look, that was another game, too, where there were moments where, you know, it, it could have gone a different way and then it got out of control at the end. I think now they kind of came back. They got their confidence back in this game against the Jaguars. And I think they'll kind of assert themselves yet again in this one. And I think once again, you might get a defensive score on the Pat side of this one with the way they've created turnovers this year. And that will be the difference. So I like the Pat side of this one. 
Yeah, my only concern with it would be if the Bills are up by like 21 or something like that in the third quarter and the Pats are like, okay, let's just take our foot off the gas a little bit. Let's get out of here. That's, you that's know? very possible. So that that's the only thing. But again, the games are played at the same time for that very reason. So, mm-hmm. and you know, it's not like Belichick to scoreboard watch. So yeah, I lean the Pats. If you can get it six and a half where it is at BetMGM, for example, I do like that for sure. Win and you're in unless the Jaguars beat the Colts, in which case tie and you're in as well is the Raiders uh, and the Chargers in Las Vegas. It is two and a half right now. It is 49 for the total right now. It is fascinating, Joe, that there's all this fun like speculation, like, well, if the Jaguars beat the Colts, maybe they'll just kneel down for the entire game. That's not going to happen, everyone. That's not the way football works, and it's not the way teams would play it. If the uh, Jaguars what's – the, what's the money line of the Jaguars-Colts? Is it like 800? <laughs> I mean, what – I'm I'll just curious it. what the Jaguars number is. I'll I mean, because that's got to be, I mean, it's got to be close to a thousand, right? I mean, yeah, given, uh, given what the spread is. Plus 730. Jag- there it is. Plus 730. No, 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 no. That's yes, what I've got to right. Oh, for you, you have it huge, though. It's only 650 everywhere else, Joe. It's plus 730. 730 for you. <laughs> it's not happening. At folks. I don't think this one's happening. Go for it. <laughs> um, yeah. So, uh, you know, this one's interesting, Joe, because the Chargers with uh, Staley, without Staley, they just have a way of disappointing you. You know, like some it is, um, but it is. I, I still just feel like, man, the Raiders, I, kudos to them for hanging in there and and getting to this point where if they win, they're in the playoffs. But the Chargers are a much better team than the Raiders to me, Joe. And if you're getting under a field goal in this game, it just strikes me as the Chargers find a way to win it. I would agree with you. Uh, okay. And I know it's on the road, but I think the winner of this game is Justin Herbert. Like Justin Herbert's going to make the play to win this football game. So yeah. I take the two and a half, despite them being on the road. And the fact that it isn't, you know, <laughs> that it's an in-division game on the road for a charger team that's disappointed us in the past. And they're still getting two and a half yeah. on that side. I think it tells you that there's a confidence level in the chargers right now yeah. in Vegas. And I think I, I would roll with that because I do think it's a different environment. And I think they've, there's been a couple spots where they have disappointed this year, but there's also been a couple spots where they could have, and they didn't. So I want to give them a little credit. And I think Herbert's really good. Like, I just think he is closer to that elite tier of quarterback than I think people want to recognize right now. And I think next year it might even be even better. Uh, And I just like you, it's, you know, the Raiders, I got a lot of respect because there's been a couple of times where they should have just completely folded up the tents and gone home and they haven't. And I know it's the last game and it's going to be very emotional. You know, we started the year with them in that building, right? Yeah. Right. On Monday Night Football, I believe it was, right? The whole thing, let's go, you know, opening up the new you know, stadium with people for the first time. And I don't think it's going to be a good ending for the Raiders. I just don't. I think it's not going to be a good one. It's also juiced towards the charter. So it's, it's minus minus one fourteen at two and a half minus one Oh six at plus two and a half for mm-hmm. the Raiders. So it's probably one where you don't like to bet it that early in the COVID environment, but I'd <laughs> right. bet it early right now, right before it gets <laughs> right, to three probably. is where it was. All right. That's, that's it. Uh, Joe is also going to be here for the pick'em show for our best mm-hmm. bets later in the week. We'll give our three best bets narrowly missed going three and with the total um but went two and one last week want to finish up the regular season strong so in the meantime that's our look at show everybody enjoy your week of just you know no thursday games again got saturday games which i love because adds yeah. a little juice to the weekend uh but then we'll have a great football sunday but in the meantime enjoy the rest of your week we'll be back later this week with our best best for the weekend.